Welcome to Date Speeding, a podcast about the online dating experience, being single, and how to navigate the best way you can. I'm the Reverend Rich Hugh. This episode will be talking about the fantasy that is online dating and how to step out of sitting behind a computer screen to being out in the world with a real person and to get you dating. Let us pray. Just about everybody has an analogy for what online dating is like. It's like going to a supermarket. It's like going to the cereal aisle in the supermarket. It's like going to the grocery store. Or it's like going to Trader Joe's, or maybe Whole Foods. You've probably heard one of these analogies by one of your single friends. Or you've come up with one for yourself that you use to describe the online dating experience to your friends who are in relationship, married, or coupled, or are just too unattractive to go on dates and have given up entirely on the whole thing claiming they're happier being alone with their Blu-ray player, video games, or intense attention they give to politics or taking pictures of food. Really though, the best analogy for online dating is like applying to college. If you're someone who's never applied to college, then I'll explain what it's like for you. You're probably also somebody who's really attractive and never needed to go online dating. Or you probably don't listen to podcasts. I'm assuming most of my listeners have applied to college at one point or another. Here's how it works, and by extraction, this is how online dating works. Usually, there's a college you really want to get into, one that's top of your list. So you fill out your application and get letters of recommendation to do everything you can to get into that college, your favorite college, your college of choice. But you can't put all your eggs in that basket, so there's usually some second-tier colleges that you'll be happy to go to, but not as much as you would be to go to the one college you really want to go to. There's usually two or three backup colleges. And then, just below that, to be on the safe side, there's the really easy colleges to get into as well. In case everything falls apart, You apply to the community college or to the correspondence school just to get a degree. And so it is with online dating. When you log into your online dating app or website, you are presented with a lot of choices, all sorts of profiles, all sorts of pictures, all sorts of people for you to choose from. Inevitably, one of those people is going to be the perfect person for you, or so you think. That's the person you're going to pour your heart and soul into that you're going to email first, that you're going to check in frequently to see if they read your email or if they wrote back. You'll probably check your email to see if you get the notification saying they wrote back and not trust your email and then log into the dating website to see if perhaps that email came without any notification. The danger, of course, in putting all your eggs in one basket is what if this person doesn't write back to you? What if your number one college that you want to get into doesn't accept you? The good news is that unlike colleges, there's a lot of people out there who probably are good for you. And even if you think the second-tier colleges, or people, aren't good enough for you, sometimes they turn out to be. Additionally, a lot of what you're doing online has nothing to do with the other person. For example, you log on to your dating website, and there's a whole slew of people for you to look at. You find one who's super attractive to you. You read the profile. And you have a lot of things in common, like you both call grocery stores grocery stores and not supermarkets. Wow, what a match. So you send that person an email, and all of a sudden, that person writes back, right away. And so begins an email conversation between the two of you where you start to know each other. There is a big, big problem with having a relationship this way. 
And the biggest problem is that the book is always better than the movie. You should avoid emailing back and forth as much as possible. And here's why. At the outset, you've already decided this person is the perfect person for you, based on looks, compatibility, and how much they like grocery stores. When you read that person's profile, you don't know what that person's voice sounds like. You hear those person's words in your head, in your own voice, with your own sense of humor and your own timing. You may think you're getting a sense of who the person is by reading what they're writing. But the truth is, it's just like any time you've read a book, even if you haven't read a book since high school. To Kill a Mockingbird, say, or a separate piece, or I Am the Cheese. This person starts off being perfect for you because they talk exactly the way you want them to talk, based on the way you hear them in your head. So, just like when you read Fifty Shades of Grey and were really upset at the casting choices, and you said, that's not that grey person, whoever that grey person is, because I didn't read the book, but you know what I mean, so too it is when reading online profiles, and especially email, that eventually when you meet the real person, they may not be cast the way you would want them to be cast, in the little fantasy you've made up in your head while reading the emails. Here's the other issue. Remember when you first sent the email to that person? You had time carved out in your day to sit and look at the website or the app and scroll through all these pictures and profiles. And you had time to sit and compose an email to this person. Then you might have gone about your day. Or perhaps you sat and waited and waited and waited and stared at your iPhone or computer screen hoping that the person wrote back immediately. But more likely than not, you set aside time to do the work. To go through profiles, to read profiles, and to send email, or read email that you've received. You might have even sent out more than one email, applied to a bunch of different colleges as it were. Then, maybe you went to the grocery store, or went to the grocery store to buy things you could use in the shower, like shampoo, or conditioner, or conditioning shampoo. Let's say that you take showers, and that you went and took a shower, or that maybe you had an event that you needed to go to that evening outside of your home, a birthday party for a two-year-old, a grand opening of a supermarket, or maybe you just went to the movie theater to line up right now for the sequel to Fifty Shades of Grey, whenever that comes out. Imagine a time when you're not actively looking at your computer or your phone, something you're doing that actually involves you living your life. Then, once you've finished that activity and it's convenient for you, that's the time you check your email, and lo and behold, there's an email back from that person you so wanted to hear from, right then at the most convenient time for you. How perfect is that? It could be 3 o'clock in the morning, and there is your perfect person right there for you at the perfect time. That is an unreasonable expectation. And yet, there it is, happening for you. Your ideal person might have written that five hours earlier. But, because you're not in a real relationship with that person yet, at the time the email was sent, it didn't interrupt you doing the things that you were doing. This puts the person and the relationship at an unfair advantage. Everything is working out perfectly for you. You are in control of when that person gets to talk to you. And you have control over how much you want to pay attention at that time. Let's say it is 3 o'clock in the morning and you're exhausted after a long night of hanging out at the grocery store. You can see that that person wrote, put the phone down, and wait until you wake up in the morning to read it. Or you can spend the time right then to pour over every detail and write back right then. Doesn't matter if it's 3 o'clock in the morning because you're not really interrupting that person. But if you are... Maybe that person is excited to hear from you at 3 o'clock in the morning. Which brings me to the other problem with online dating, which is you can spend as much time as possible responding to a person when you're sending an email, and they won't interrupt you. 
Let's go back to when you sent your introductory email to the perfect person you wanted to go out with, the college you want to accept you most. You probably spent a lot of time composing it, trying to think of the perfect thing to say to introduce yourself, to make yourself seem witty and charming, shy, humble, and not as obsessed with Fifty Shades of Grey or the grocery store as you may actually be in real life, playing down your obsessions and playing up your positive attributes, like your eyelashes maybe. Everyone thinks they have nice eyelashes. No, seriously, everyone thinks they have nice eyelashes. So you may have spent 15 or 20 minutes composing the perfect introductory email to this person of your dreams, then gone out and showered, gone to the grocery store, watched a movie, and tipped over cows, and then when you got home at 3 a.m., had plenty of time to attend and pour over every single word and every single syllable that came from your favorite person's email response. You then can take as much time as possible to reply to that email. For that matter, the email is sitting right in front of you. And remember, you're reading that email in your own voice, with your own sense of humor. That smiley face, that winky face, that emoticon that looks like the head of a dragon on a platter. Whatever it is that person sent you in the email, you have time to look at, analyze, and understand, whether you're really understanding the intention or not. In fact, if it's a multiple paragraph letter, you can actually address everything that person has said one item at a time. Start on the top with the paragraph about the grocery store. You don't hear that person's voice. You can't tell if they say grocery store or grocery store. You just know the word G-R-O-C-E-R-Y is written there. How do you say it? Do you say it grocery? Do you say it grocery? Do you think people are weird who say grocery? Grocery. Grocery. Grocery store. Gross. Gross. Gross restore. Language is tricky. But if you have the time to sit and analyze it, then you can compose what you believe to be a proper response. And you can take 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour to write back. First paragraph, grocery store. Second paragraph, shampoo. Third paragraph, the shampoo aisle in the grocery store. Fourth paragraph, 50 shades of gray. And so on. You can have four different topics of conversation going on in one letter. And, more importantly, you can hear and pay attention to every single point that person has made in their letter, which you can then respond to in kind. This does not happen in real conversation. If you met somebody for the first time who covered four different topics of conversation, one right after the other, and spoke nonstop for 15 minutes, they would not then stop and let you talk back at them and take 15, 20 minutes an hour to respond without interrupting. Truth is, even if you really, really, really like this person, on a first date, if they talked that long, you would not be able to pay attention the whole time, and you wouldn't remember every single thing that they said. You might remember way back 20 minutes ago they were mentioning something about the grocery store, but you got sidetracked as they said it because you were like, why did they say grocery and not grocery? And you totally miss what they said next about the shampoo aisle. And then you'll be sitting there thinking, wow, how did they start talking about the shampoo aisle? And how did we start talking about Fifty Shades of Grey? And why aren't I saying anything? Your mind is going to be louder than what they're saying. And you're not going to be able to remember anything. Plus, you might be sitting there looking at your watch thinking, I have to get out of here because the line for the Fifty Shades of Grey sequel starts now. The online email is completely artificial. Now, I can hear you saying, pump the brakes, Reverend Rich. Letter writing is romantic. They used to do it back in the olden days. This is true. However, they would write to each other after they'd met each other. I would be extremely interested if any of you could find a relationship from the olden days 
where two people just started writing letters to each other, fell in love, and lived happily ever after. And when I say I'd be extremely interested, it means I'm not really that interested in finding that out. Because who cares really, and how could you prove it? My point is this, to those olden time people, and to you who someday will be an olden time person, heed this advice. When you receive an email from somebody online and you don't know what their voice sounds like, you are making up their voice. It is imaginary. They are a fantasy person. That you are able to read their email when it's convenient for you to read their email plays into that fantasy. And that you are able to spend time being attentive to everything that they say, plus spend time to mull over what you're going to say, and say it exactly the way you want to say it, presents yourself in a false way. The truth is, if you're falling in love with somebody this way, you are not falling in love with them. You're falling in love with your imagination of them. So in truth, you're falling in love with yourself. And hey, that might be a great thing. You might need to love yourself. But I guarantee you, when you go out on the first date with that person, they are not going to be the person you imagined them to be. They're going to talk differently than you imagined. They're going to look differently than you imagined. And they're going to be expecting you to be the person they imagined you to be. So, yes, it's very romantic to write back and forth. But get out and meet the person first. And if you can't do that, talk to them on the phone. Meeting someone online is artificial. It's not like bumping into someone at the grocery store. Gros grocery, gross, the grocery store. Try to get your relationship as close to reality as possible as soon as possible. Dig? Amen. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Date Speeding. I hope you've been enjoying it and are finding these podcasts informative. If you are, please tell a friend. If you have no friends, write to me. The email address here is datespeeding at yahoo.com. You can also tweet at me at datespeeding or post something on my Facebook wall, which can be found by searching Facebook for datespeeding. If you have any topics you'd like to discuss or any comments on anything you've heard in this episode or in any prior episode, Talk about it with your friends, or contact me in any of those ways that I just told you about. There's plenty more to cover. We'll talk about it next time. For now, keep date speeding.